Welcome to the Illuminations Media Network. Here's clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. Why do you procrastinate on things that will improve your life? Or why do you keep relapsing even when you've tried to quit drinking? Or why do you slip off those diets you swear to every New Year's Eve? When we mess up, many of us conclude, what's the use? It's just me. I've always been that way. I can't change. We sabotage ourselves. When I tell myself that I'm just not an athletic person, therefore it's not natural for me to go to the gym, that thought alone is my way of giving myself permission to avoid the gym, guaranteeing that I won't become more athletic, that I won't change. Think of one thing you're putting off. Notice what you say to yourself about this. See if you are subtly giving yourself permission to procrastinate or to drink or to overeat. If so, start challenging that type of self-talk. Hear Dr. Kenner at drkenner.com. And you can call her toll-free anytime, 24-7, and leave a recorded question. That's 877-DRKENNER. parents insisting on how you should run your family? Does raising your family conflict with your job? Now's your chance to talk about it with Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist, taking your calls and questions on work, family, or any personal issue. Call her now, toll free at 877-DR-KENNER. That's 877-DRK-E-N-N-E-R. I, I don't actually date a whole lot lately. Why not? Well, when I'm with a boy I like, it's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. It's not that bad. No, it is. I think boys are more interested in a girl who can talk. And that's so cute. That's from Buffy. Boys are more interested in a girl who can talk. And if that's a problem in dating or meeting a new person or maybe even going on a job interview. When you feel you need to please the other person, you need to know what to say to make them like you. When you frame it that way in your own mind, you're setting yourself up for anxiety. And anxiety is paralyzing. It's hard to think when what's going through your mind is, oh my God, will they like me? Am I saying the right thing? Will I make a fool of myself. Oh, what if I don't know what to say? What if they do like me? And I, I don't know what to do. When you have that type of self-talk, that's not helpful. If you're dating or going on a job interview and instead you say to yourself, oh, let me observe this person. What do I like about them? What do I enjoy? How, how do I feel around them? Do I feel comfortable at ease or do I feel on guard? What's causing that? When you allow yourself to introspect, that's a much healthier to both introspect about what's going on, uh, what you're experiencing, and to extrospect, to look at them and say, what am I liking or not liking about them? That's a much healthier approach to have in dating or job interviewing or any situation where where it's uh, you're meeting someone for the first time or it could be a little bit awkward, like meeting your mother-in-law, potential mother-in-law for the first time. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and the show is The Rational Basis 
of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist here to take your calls and questions on anything that's troubling you, your kids, your in-laws, uh, maybe it's yourself, maybe you could procrastinate, maybe it's a romantic problem. And I want to welcome Steve to the phone. Steve, uh, you you have a question for me about a dad who always refers to his child in the third person? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, tell me, tell me the situation. Well, they, uh, my wife now, um, her mother, is married to me, obviously, and they've been divorced wait, now wait, for wait. about a year. Wait, 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 slow down again. Your wife, your wife's mother, right? No, I'm sorry, the, the, the little one's mother, and I'm trying not to use her name. I, I don't okay, you can make up a phony name, name then. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll just say Jane. Okay, okay. Jane is Jane the little mother. one. Yes. And Jane is how old? Two. Two years old. And two, okay. And her mother? Her mother, my wife, is currently um, going through a custody battle. She has primary custody. We're actually fighting in court now to be able to take Jane with us okay. to another state because of my work. Okay. So, but every time her ex-husband calls, he never calls Jane, Jane. Yeah. He always says the baby or the child. I think I've actually heard him say her name twice. And now this has been over a long period of time, but it's it's never using her name. Yeah. And I was just, and it, it seems, you know, since I've gotten involved in this relationship, that he's more interested in getting at my wife than he is having Jane. Okay. So and I just wonder if that might, you know, have, you know, some... Uh, bearing on, you know, how he's acting, you know, not using her name at all. So you're thinking that he's not saying the kid kind of like in a, with a twinkle in his eye, meaning, you know, my kid. He's saying right. the child, which has a very formal emotional distance, or the baby, which, you know, refers back to when she was not a toddler, but she's still, right. I guess, a baby in, in relative terms. And it's, there is an emotional distance there. So the question is, what does that say about him? Well, you're the one that knows that relationship, you and your wife know that relationship much better. Is he a dad who is just uh, melts every time he sees his darling little Jane? Does he uh, make an effort to go out of his way? Does he call her up on the phone? Does he spend time with her? Is he nurturing? Is she the apple of his eye? Does he carry pictures around and show them to his friends? You know, what type of a papa is he? Yeah, it's actually quite the opposite. He will call when we have Jane yeah. and ask if he can talk to her, and he'll talk to her. I mean, she's two and a half. She does not spend much time on the phone. Right. So he'll you know, talk to her very, very briefly, get back on the phone with my wife, and then just immediately start badgering her about everything going on again. Okay. So what his, is his the main... for calling or not, he makes it look like he's calling to talk to Jane, but... He's not. Okay. So it's like a ticket of admission. It looks like he's calling for Jane. They, they call it a ticket of admission in therapy when someone says, you know, I'm calling in because of my mother-in-law. And when they get into therapy, it has nothing to do with the mother-in-law. It has to do with their sexual problems with the partner. You know, so okay. it's called a ticket of admission. So sometimes um, if we apply that there, he may be, that may be just what you're saying, that he just wants access to your wife. And if he said, listen, I want to gripe about the, the differences we have have, whether it's child, is it child support? What What is his biggest gripe? His biggest gripe is the fact now that we are trying to take Jane to um, another state. state that we're in. 
Okay. So, yeah, but if, if it wasn't that, it would truly be something else, because before we decided that, it was just something else. Why did you leave me? You know, why didn't this work? You know, it just got constant reason to try to get her on the phone. Okay, so he, he, it's unresolved for him. The, the divorce is unresolved for him. Your wife left him? Yes. And what's the essence, one or two reasons, why she, the key reasons why she left him? I started getting physical, abusively. Okay, so once you, and so she did that protectively. So um, when you say uh, hitting her, bruising her? Didn't hit, grabbed her by the throat and threw her against the cabinet. It was oh. the first and last time, but she left. Okay, well, that's, I'm assuming that he didn't go from being a wonderfully cozy, warm husband to one day doing that. Usually, sure. si signs, when you're looking at signs of any abuse or domestic abuse, uh, you get put downs, you get name calling, you get criticism, you get public humiliation, you get uh, the person it, it tries to control you more, they may not let you have a cell phone, they may want to know where you are all the time, they may try to isolate you from even your own family or some good friends, they start to get jealous. They start to destroy or threaten your belongings. Uh, and she then, recently found out about an affair. So very, very recently, long since after the divorce was over. The husband had an affair. found out that he had had an affair. Okay. What I typically say, this isn't good for the husband's new part. Does is the husband ha does he have a new partner now? He does not, and says that he won't because of the child. Okay. 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 So um, I wouldn't try to correct him on that because if he's in court, if they're going to court on custody issues and he keeps referring to the child, I think it's going to be telling to a judge. Um, there, if you, I think you're naming it as an emotional distance that he just isn't very engaged with Jane. He just used uses two-year-old Jane as a way to get to your wife and to badger her and to continue ha to have some control over her and to get him the focus of her days when she's already out of the relationship. Um, so obviously, uh, when uh, I've heard people call their kids in a distant way, sometimes they weren't ready to have kids and they're not quite used to it. Sometimes they didn't want kids. You know, People have that. Uh, we, we do have an emotional distance there. I mean, I think even in my own um, husband's family, his father would call uh, his his wife, my mother-in-law, mother, but it was more endearing. It wasn't. It was more sure. a term of endearment rather than an emotional distance. So that's why it's important to know the context. But it, it seems like your wife made a very wise choice. If you're moving out of state, you want to make sure you have a very good lawyer. Uh, we do. Okay, <laughs> to help you make that uh, case. And I think that you know, I wish you a lot of happiness and your wife a very uh, both of you a loving relationship, especially given what she went through. So thank you so much for your call. Thank you very much for your help. Okay, Steve. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. When I entered my marriage, I left my true self at the door. Now I don't even know who I am anymore. My girlfriend doesn't want to make anyone mad. I never know how she truly feels. And I'm clueless when it comes to pleasing her sexually. She won't express what she likes. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the 
self-valuing, self-nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com. No matter where you live, a wind-up radio should be part of your home emergency kit. This is Bob from C. Crane, the company that introduced America to the benefits of a high-quality wind-up radio from Freeplay. Since we first showcased the Freeplay, we've worked with them directly to make the first wind-up radio with a built-in LED light and solar panel. The Freeplay Plus is still the highest-quality, self-powered radio out there, and it's available only from C. Crane. A good friend of mine likes to say that you're crazy if you don't own a Freeplay. Well, I'm no psychiatrist, but I've got to say that maybe there's something to that. If there's a radio out there that doesn't need batteries, that has its own built-in flashlight, and that can be powered by its own solar panel, it just doesn't make sense to be stuck at home in the dark when you hit with a power failure. It just makes sense to own a Freeplay Plus. Order your Freeplay Plus online at ccradio.com. That's ccradio.com. Or give Secrane a call at 800-522-8863. That's 800-522-8863 to get your Freeplay Plus and be ready for that next power failure. How are you feeling today? If you're not feeling great, then it could be what you're eating. The problem is that trace elements are missing in food products today. Trace elements are the minerals that provide long-lasting nutritional value in the foods we eat. Tarsol is a key mix of two minerals that can make you feel and look better. Tarsol's ingredients, sulfur and cream of tartar, have been prescribed by physicians for hundreds of years. Go to tarsol.com now to find out more. That's T-A-R-S-U-L dot to get well now. Now is the time to unleash the power of your mind and start feeling amazing. Boost your confidence, lose weight, stop smoking, release stress, and more. Visit beyondhypnosis.org and experience how hypnotherapy merged with light and sound technology can take you to higher levels of emotional and physical well-being. That's beyondhypnosis.org. We now offer customized virtual sessions, in-office sessions, and hundreds of hypnosis downloads and healing meditation music in our store. That's beyondhypnosis.org. Here's clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. We walk into a Chinese restaurant and the waitress says to my mom, What can I get for your granny? The look on my mom's face says it all. She's no granny. She's young at heart. Thank you. How are you dealing with your aging process? Is it not an issue? Sure, you see the wrinkles and the hairs growing in strange places like in your ears or on your chin. Perhaps you feel life is so full of pleasures and interests that you don't worry about a smile wrinkle or a new age spot. Or do you spend too much time looking in a mirror grieving the loss of your youth? How can you stay young at heart? If you're sick of focusing on your youth passing you by, take charge and live your life again. Shift from grieving your losses to planning future joyful adventures. Get active. Hear Dr. Kenner at drkenner.com. And you can call her toll-free anytime, 24-7, and leave a recorded question. That's 877-D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. Do 
hobbies or friends come between you and your spouse? Are you the only one doing any work around the house? Now's your chance to talk about it with Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist, taking your calls and questions on communication skills, friendship, or any personal issue. Call her now, toll free, at 877-DR-KENNER. That's 877-DRK-E-N-N-E-R. And when you think of having kids, that's what you think of. You think of those joyous moments where your kids are having a great time with one another, or you think of the times when they're serious and they're learning some new skill and their mind is completely absorbed in it. Or maybe they're acting and they just love the drama of acting. You know, they play dress up and you're just seeing their developing mind unfold before you, but it doesn't just unfold. Parents have tremendous influence on their kids. And my children went to what I, uh, what is called a Montessori school, and it's a method that approaches child rearing as um, really focusing on your children, not catering to them, but helping them develop their mind and their interests. And with me today is a Montessori teacher. She's been a Montessori teacher for 10 years. She has her master's in education, and she has taken all of her Montessori training and is now a parenting coach. And her name is Cornelia Lockich, and she has a website, www.guideyourchild.com and she her specialty is with preschoolers and toddlers but all of us can learn from that and Cornelia you were a Montessori teacher and now you have your own daughter I do right yes I do and you offer three simple secrets you call them to managing kids uh, that you basically learned from the Montessori from being a Montessori teacher can you talk about one of those Sure. Uh, The first one is use advanced preparation. Now, I think most parents understand this principle of advanced preparation on a certain level, but not nearly as broadly as they could. For example, they might know that they need to explain how Candyland works before their three-year-old can play it. But parents don't usually recognize that this same approach implemented in a way that's appropriate for a child's age and stage, they don't usually understand how this can solve countless little issues that arise daily with young children. What would be one of those? Well, for example, if you prepare your child in advance for how to use markers so that you know you don't get marker on the wall, on the table, on their clothes, markers aren't left open on the carpet, when she gets them out, you'll no longer have that sick feeling inside wondering oh at God, the mess what you're going to have. <laughs> right. right? Instead, you prepare her in advance. You, you show her in a simple way. You set up basically an activity that um, limits and defines her uh, what, what she can do with the markers. So this is how they're used, honey. The the cap goes back on afterwards, and you demonstrate it, and you write on the whiteboard, not on the, um, or if it's paper on the paper, you know, not on the walls, just on the paper. And so you prepare her in advance. Exactly. And, and all the way through the cleanup. The yeah. cleanup becomes part of your child's activity. It's not for you to do later. You're not her servant. But you do it in a way that's 
um, appropriate for her age and her state. So instead of, will you clean the stuff up, you leave everything out, you're such a slob. Yeah, or fuming as you do it. Right. Oh, I always have to do this. I can't stand it. The toys are everywhere. Instead, I notice in the Montessori schools, the kids will play with an activity on their little rug. They each have their own independent rug. And then they put it away (laughs) nicely before they go to the next activity. Now, that requires... A, a teacher, or in your case, if you're, you're do, using it as parenting, um, as a parenting skill, to prepare your child in advance that that's how things are done in a very loving way, not in a, and this is how things are done way. It, exactly. And yeah. it, it's also, what is also a part of that puzzle is having the home environment, the way the rooms are um, organized, those have to be thought through in a certain way that's appropriate for young kids. So another one of your tips is nip problems in the bud. Yeah. And that talk a little bit about that because that's what we're talking about. Well, nipping problems in the bud is definitely something of a learned skill. Um, over time and by making mistakes, you can start to see negative patterns that develop with your child but that started from the smallest seemingly most inconsequential actions. And nipping problems in the bud is a way is in a way like developing a, a sort of a third eye for so, these insidious beginnings. So I've had parents that have said, my kid always wants to sleep in my bed and I can't get my daughter out of her be- my bed. Mm-hmm. And that would be one where, how would you nip the problem in the bud? Well... You'd have, uh, you'd have Before, to... Before, let's just say it's just starting. My daughter's got a cold. She get, I think you had a situation like yes, this. Yes, I did. And your daughter gets into bed with you or you get into bed with her. Then she wants it every single night because it's so warm and cozy. Sure How do you is. nip it in the bud? Yeah, uh, it sure is. And you, you want to communicate. I think it's very important to communicate a loving response, not one that is um, abandonment. Or rejecting. Or right? rejection. But that you, there, there, you draw the line at certain things. Now, personally, I don't take my child into bed with me. I go into her bed. Yeah, that's a big difference, I think. Um, and then from that, it's just through repeated action. Children will repeat until they are certain that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. So if you break down, I've had parents that say, oh my gosh, I've had 10 free days. My daughter has not been in bed with me or my son has not been in bed with me. And then they'll say, oh, but they started up again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really the parents needing to, and I just gave in. You know, it was a rainy day outside and he, he wasn't feeling so good. So I said, come on in bed, honey. Well, and yeah. it's really the parents not being consistent that creates the problem because then the kid knows that they can keep trying. Exactly, yes. Children are something like, you know, somewhat gamblers. They'll, they'll see, can they win this time? Right, right. So if you're consist, if you consistently pull that lever and nothing comes out, I'm not, yeah. neither of us are gamblers, but do nothing comes out, then they're not going to keep pulling the lever. Whereas if occasionally you you get a big hit, they're going to keep pulling that lever. Very good analogy. Uh, what about your your tip of begin as you mean to go on? I know we're down to the last minute or so. Well, beginning as you mean to go on really simply means to start off right. And in order to do that, you have to have a sense of what right is for you and your family. So I talk about having a vision of what you want at home and for your children and 
keeping that in mind so that you can be consistent and set the precedent. So to do right some precedent. pre-thinking. And if, can you give a quick example of beginners you mean to go on? Um, well, I think that many parents excuse behavior of young children because of their age, and then they often end up endorsing or encouraging negative behaviors that at first seem fine. Oh, she's only one. It's okay. She'll grow out of it. She throws food. That's normal. And then it, yeah. But you, you, I think you have to have a long-term perspective. So you don't want her throwing food from the beginning. You don't want to giggle and laugh when she throws it across the floor or across the room. You want to get across that it's, it's not okay to throw at the table, but you give her opportunities for experimenting. With throwing things. Exactly. A ball or something. Times. Right. And with me is Cornelia Lockich, and you have a website, www.guideyourchild.com. You are a parenting coach, and people can call you, schools can, or community leaders can call you and invite you to come in as a speaker. Yeah. And you have free information on parenting at your website. Again, it's www.guideyourchild.com. And you also have a newsletter. I do. It comes out every two weeks, and it's a way for parents to find out more about my Guide Your Child Montessori-influenced method of parenting. And it's all free. It's all free. So I welcome you to visit that website, guideyourchild.com. And thank you so much for joining us today, Cornelia. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. See you next week. And in between, you can check out my website, selfishromance.com, for a book that I've written with Ed Locke. Well, folks, if you're planning on going vacation or maybe you're just looking for a new book to read, pick up The Selfish Path to Romance with Dr. Ellen Kenner and with Dr. Edward Locke. The book is so important for those who seek a healthy, loving relationship. Are you someone that always seems to choose the wrong person? Well, then you need to read this book. Or maybe you just want to improve your relationship, understanding what sex is good and why it's good. Perfect book for anyone making a change in a relationship. Maybe you're going to explore a dating service. Learn how to avoid making bad romantic choices. Maybe you have a family member who's coming out of a difficult relationship. Why not get the book for them? Dr. Kenner explains why your need should be met and why it's so important for someone to be comfortable, love themselves before they can love another. Stop watching everyone else be happy. Chapter 1 is is free online at drkenner.com. This could change your life. Stop settling. Start enjoying your life of romance and passion. The Selfish Path to Romance, available on Amazon right now. Do you know that overwhelmingly, current research points to the quality of leadership in an organization as the single most defining characteristic for ongoing success? However, it's not just the quality of one leader or even a few at the top. The driving factor for high-performing organizations is the presence of an overall leadership culture. For over 50 years, FAR Associates has set the standard for helping organizations integrate exceptional leadership qualities into their cultures that dramatically improves performance. FAR has shown thousands of organizations the bottom line benefits to improving the quality of their leadership's decision making, reducing conflicts, and how to inspire those they influence to deliver their best work. When you visit FAR's website, you will see the solution which will create a leadership culture that drives organizational performance because leadership at every level is what creates lasting results. Visit FAR.net today. That's F-A-R-R.net to learn how to create exceptional leaders that will transform your organization.